Now you truly can rewrite your future with these powerful prevention techniques. Going from feeling hopeless in your health to feeling confident. To bring information and unleash the potential of our listeners to ask the right questions. It's my responsibility to take control of my own health. Welcome to the Ask Why Medicine podcast. Hello, everybody. I am Laura Hooper, and I am here with my Ask Why team, Dr. Gina Pritchard out of the Dallas area and Patty DeMattis out of Columbus, Ohio. And today we are asking why I need a glucose hack in my life. So what are these glucose hacks that we're talking about here? Um, we're going to go through and share these with you. I have to share with everyone. These are, I am in love with any kind of hack or cheat code. Um, I call them as I have boys who game. We call those cheat codes on the gamers out there. Shout out to all of you. What are cheat codes in life? These are these glucose hacks that we're going to share with you because they're just easy things that you can implement in your life that are just what I call smart strategies, just actually having the knowledge of how to use them. One of the hacks here I want to talk about that I love, I'm going to say experimenting with on myself, and I know that sounds kind of crazy to say experimenting, but peptides are really where uh, I think that medicine is going. And Dr. Pritchard, we've been using some of these peptides with metabolic health for these glucose hacks. Share with us a little bit how these peptides kind of reset or are part of a hack, as we would call it. Yes. So peptides, um, as just to rein, reinforce, because we've talked about peptides on, on previous episodes, and I think the world is starting to hear more and more about peptides, but peptides are simply amino acids. We're all familiar with amino acids. Uh, tryptophan in the Thanksgiving turkey is an amino acid. Sometimes we drink our amino acids before or after a workout. So amino acids are the building blocks for proteins. But peptides aren't a complete protein, but it's amino acids that are linked together to help support, support various bodily processes, if you will. And so the peptides, giving, given them or prescribing them for a specific reason, helps our cells communicate with each other more effectively, and I say behave appropriately. In other words, Dr. William Seeds, who uh, we have learned so much from in the world of peptide therapy, talks about many of us are not leading the healthy lifestyle that we know we should. We're not sleeping well. We're stressed out. We're eating junk food. The list goes on and on, drinking too much alcohol, not exercising like we should. If you can relate to any of those things, then just know that your cells are behaving badly because they're just trying to respond to what you're telling them to do and you're not giving them what they really need and they're acting out. And that's kind of a funny way to think about it, but it's really what's happening scientifically at a cellular level is your B cells are trying to save your life, but you're really not sending them the right messages. Well, peptides can help us as we try to make lifestyle changes and lead a better life, uh, a healthier lifestyle. If we also institute the appropriate peptide to get the response we're looking for, it is, as you've said, Laura, like a cheat code, or it's really a catalyst. It's a really powerful strategy to get us from A to Z, to get us to that healthier, optimized state that we're trying to get to 
struggling, uh, you know, maybe on a daily basis with these uh, lifestyle choices. So the peptides that are most appropriate for our content today, talking about glucose, effective, uh, healthy glucose moderation in our life are um, the peptides that help insulin and glucose metabolism. And there are some powerful ones that not only help our cells use glucose more appropriately and improve that communication between insulin and glucose that turn the car around, I say, rather than us driving our car towards diabetes, these peptides can help us turn that around and drive away from diabetes and more of a healthier insulin and glucose metabolism. And then these peptides can also help us with our body composition. We know if we have more of the fat around the middle, or if we are a little or a lot overweight, that um, that in and of itself makes us more likely to develop diabetes over time. And so peptides can help us build muscle which muscle is a much more efficient utilizer of, of uh, glucose than the fat tissue is. So if we can use peptides to help us build muscle, lose fat, that's another way that we can uh, have a glucose hack, if you will, uh, to improve our health and live the life of our dreams. As our listeners know, I am like, love cheat codes. I love biohacks. So I have to go there because to me, that <laughs> that is where the fun lies. Um, of course, we're going to talk. Love that we're bringing up sleep because we talk about airway to pathogens to plaque. So people always understand how important, you know, getting oxygenation, getting good sleep is. But I want to talk about some biohacks. And I do want to give a shout out to talk about two people. One is Dr. Mark Hyman how he's really, you know, talks about blood sugar, detoxing from that. You named Dr. Lustig. We have a lot of doctors out there speaking on this. Why I pull him up and even want to say is a lot of good things on his podcast is he kind of named that as diabetes type three, right? The brain, dementia, Alzheimer's, um, that we're seeing this cognitive decline. So people don't understand that it's just not affecting, right? Our pancreas and that main organ, but we're talking about, yes, we talked about heart, but our brain health really is affected by this. And then um, the other person that I want to bring up and I want to get into biohacking here, Dr. Pritchard, is let's talk about the glucose goddess. If nobody's ever heard of her, we tell our patients to follow the glucose goddess. And I'd like to talk about um, some of her hacks. She has seven hacks I'd like to cover. But right now, just tell us kind of what is the big theme behind the glucose goddess? She just wrote a book, um, The Glucose Revolution. So all those listeners out there, it's a great way, I think, to have fun. If you like to biohack or you like what I call cheat codes, this is the place to go. Um, so Dr. Pritchard, why, why such a big following? Yes. So I do hope we can get Jesse on our podcast one of these days. Jesse, if you're listening, please contact us. We want you on the podcast, but her book is fantastic. Her Instagram account is fantastic. And for years, she's been educating us. She's a scientist and uh, just moderating glucose and healthy, um, a healthy lifestyle related to our glucose is her favorite thing. It's her life work, life's work. And so um, she gives these beautiful curves on her Instagram account of her, usually it's her. Occasionally it's listeners who send in their, their glucose monitor curves, but usually she's practicing on herself of eating, for example, um, let's say a salad and chocolate pie after, 
or chocolate pie first and salad after. I'm just giving you an example. She has so many different ones that she's talking about and and demonstrating clearly. You can see the difference in the spike in the blood sugar after she institutes one or more of these hacks you're talking about that she suggests. And it's not just something she's dreamed up. She is a scientist and she's got the uh, the research to back it up, but she also is in terms of biohacking is biohacking on herself and sharing that data with us. So it's one of the greatest resources, I think, for anyone trying to moderate their glucose curve to look more like those rolling hills as opposed to the peaks and valleys. Tell us about some of those, Laura. I will. I guess just for me personally, one of the biggest aha moments I had, I'd like to share with listeners, it was about fruit. I mean, I was vegan for so many years and then not. And it's like, you know, you go through these phases and then I always just had in my head, like eat fruit. So, you know, you wake up and eat fruit or you grab that apple in between meals. And I mean, just looking at these biohacks, I just would love everyone to learn a little bit about fruit. I've now labeled fruit as complete dessert, as complete sugar to learn how to eat my fruit right. Because um, that was probably one of my biggest mistakes that I was making not realizing um, how to eat fruit, that because of the fructose, even though it's natural sugar, it's just how our body processes that. And we do need a protein or a fat with it. And I do love that. One of my favorite hacks she does is she actually uses yogurt with her chocolate cake and literally shows you how you can eat chocolate cake. But lots of biohacks, you know, I love the, when I go and eat my pizza, the five bites of broccoli with vinegar. And so let's talk about those little, I'm going to say tips and tricks and just talk about her seven hacks. The first one that I think as Americans we struggle with is she talks about eating a savory breakfast and not a sweet. And I bring this up because I have children and I I'm trying to reverse some of the damage I've done as a parent because it's like we train, right? You train your family, you train your kids. I've been trained. Oh, I want a donut. I want pancakes. I want toast and jelly, right? All these things. And it's like realizing her number one hack is like the worst thing we could wake up and do. <laughs> so tell us some savory. When she talks about savory breakfast, what are we talking about here? So avocado, salmon, even um, ham or bacon or chicken, um, eggs are a great breakfast, um, and some vegetables with it. I like to have eggs, chop up whatever vegetables I have in the refrigerator, make a little omelet out of that, or a slice of, of avocado, put a little olive oil in there. That's my favorite savory breakfast, but I'll have bacon sometimes or um, you know, it seems weird to have salmon for breakfast, but it's actually pretty good. And those omega-3s are great for you. Um, that That's some examples uh, that I like to use. Yeah. I mean, my favorite Sunday morning, sorry, page, just making a frittata, you know, eggs with, you can put so many great things in there, put it in the oven and feed a lot and kind of reverse that um, whole process. But Patty, tell us, what was that that you're going to share with us? I was just going to say so much of the things that we do with our diet are so un-American. You know, it's just something that we've learned, you know, Dunkin' Donuts is all over Florida. I just got back from Florida and every corner there's Dunkin' Donuts everywhere and, and the line is really long. And it's like, we just think that breakfast is a donut or breakfast, but you know, some people just say, I just don't like breakfast. I don't like breakfast food at all. I don't want that sugary thing. And I don't like bacon, but what we know is that, you know, 
um, for, for people who are headed toward diabetes, they need more fat. And we've done that as Americans, we've gone away from fat thinking that all fat is bad, but there's actually really healthy fat and you don't have to eat breakfast food. You can actually, we've, we haven't talked about intermittent fasting, but if you're waiting a certain number of, of hours to eat, you may not be eating breakfast until 11 o'clock. So you can do brunch or lunch and not have to really worry about the breakfast food that you don't like. Um, so I, I think that just what's so wonderful about this monitor thing is that you can actually learn about your own health and what works for you, um, you know, and, and don't have to necessarily do things in order. Um, and because the thing that she was talking about with eating in order, is like who eats, you know, their salad first and then their meat and then their fat and then their starch you know we just don't do that you know we're we're eating like this with both hands not you know segregating it out but when we read how much better that is for us we can learn to do it and it's quite enjoyable actually <laughs> so two things that's the second biohack i want to talk about intermittent fasting dr pritchard you have some ways to start to do that for patients you call them eating windows could you share some of that with us what are some of the best ways to start that Yes. Yeah, so, so if someone is new to intermittent fasting, then it's best to, um, to just start by simply delaying your breakfast. If you're a person that doesn't particularly like breakfast, then you're set up for success. Just tell yourself that's perfectly fine. Just don't eat breakfast and eat, as Patty said, at 10, 11, 12 o'clock. That's fine. Drink lots of water. You want to stay well hydrated, that's for sure. And if you are a person that does love breakfast, Try to delay that by, first of all, 30 minutes later than normal, and then maybe an hour later than normal. Because let's say you go to bed at 10 o'clock the night before, and then you get up at six o'clock the next morning and you eat right away, then you have only fasted for eight hours from 10 o'clock the night before to six o'clock the next morning. And it's ideal if you can stretch that out to seven hours, eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours. So just start by stretching your window of fasting. It's also ideal if you can start the night before by um, stopping your food an hour before you go to bed and then see if you can stop two hours before you go to bed. And ideally, according to Dr. Bredesen's work and brain health, stop eating three hours before you go to bed. And so if you stop three hours before you go to bed and then you delay it by an hour or two the next morning, then great. You can easily get into a 10, 11, 12 hour fasting window. And of course, once you see how great you feel, once you start to um, extend your window of fasting and narrow your window of eating, then um, you may want to even lengthen that some more on some days, not every day. It's great to sort of change things up a bit. So I say, ultimately, your goal is to try to eat between like 12 noon and 6 or 8 p.m., depending on what time you go to bed, or maybe 11 and 5, 11 and 6 p.m. Try to just eat during those hours, uh, ultimately. But you, there may be a little bit of a process to get yourself there because it's definitely not uh, the schedule of most of us in America. Great. I think that's huge. Uh, I just want to say, especially for women, I notice our patients, women patients, especially who really stick to that not eating late at night, we'll see it the same with men. But I know it's hard. I, I have a lot of boys, you know, in my house. And it's like, 
every two hours somebody's eating. And so it's really having that mindset and just saying, I'm not going to participate in that and want people to know they're not alone. Um, you know, go read your book, go do some meditation, go listen to our podcast, get busy. Cause I think being busy helps. Um, the second thing I want to go through these glucose hacks is start every meal with a plate of veggies and fat. And these next couple hacks kind of go together. So that's kind of that order we were talking about that she says during a meal, eat your starches after the protein and veggies. So that means we're going to eat our veggies. We want to eat our fat. We're going to eat our protein. And then the last thing is starches. And that would even then go to then what we call dessert or your sugars, which is where your fruit is. Your fruit is going to be in that dessert category. When she talks about fruit, we only if you're going to have fruit, she wants whole fruits, right? So never juice, never dried. And the other thing is you can pair that with a protein. So I know Dr. Pritchard, you'll tell somebody eat, you know, a handful of almonds or some walnuts, um, you know, dip your apple in peanut butter. So to kind of dress that, um, she says, dress your carbs or dress those sugars with a protein or a fat. Anything else like that that you would want to add before we go on to that next one? Not other than to say that that's a great snack. So if you're going to throw an apple in your briefcase or your purse, just throw your nuts in there as well, as you've said, Laura. If you're a person that can handle dairy, then dairy is a protein and a fat that's nice to pair with your grapes or your apple uh, if you're not necessarily a person that loves nuts. But nuts and fruit uh, and nuts, I mean, uh, dairy or even a slice of of meat and your fruit to have as a snack, as opposed to just having the fruit by itself. Perfect. So we always want to pair those starches with a protein, fat, or fiber. The other one that I like that I feel like we see in other cultures is go for a 10-minute walk after each meal. And this is nothing hard. We're not talking about running. We're talking about just like a nice 10-minute walk. And I think we see that, I feel... We see that in other cultures or in other countries where that's like a norm, you know, after dinner, people will go for a walk. And again, I'm going to say there's other healthy benefits besides that we're talking about your metabolic health, but just mental health, social health. If you're walking with somebody, you're talking, I call it getting my yayas out. It's like oh, the, the end of my day, you know, take your child, go outside, get your children out in that fresh air. Um, I just think it's a really great overall, what I call biohack, not only for our metabolic health, but what you were talking about earlier, Dr. Pritchard um, helps with our, you know, we're talking about that neurologic system too, of some of the benefits of that. That's so un-American. It's not American <laughs> to move around after we eat. We eat and then we what? We sit down. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's that's another thing that the monitor taught me is that, you know, if you just get up and continue to move around, mm -hmm. um, I think the glucose goddess, I heard her um, interviewed and she said, dance to three songs that you like. Just dance to three songs and you enjoy that and it'll, it'll get your muscles using your sugar and you'll be a a happy camper. So we got to get away from those all American habits. <laughs> so true. So the last one is just really when you're going to eat sugar, have it as a dessert after a meal, never on an empty stomach. And this just reminds me of Thanksgiving. It's like, you know, your belly is full. You just ate all this food. And so people then wait to have their dessert. And I've really kind of ingrained like if I'm going to have dessert, it's like part of my meal. That's another biohack is I just ate the protein. I just ate the fat. Now's the time to eat my sugar. 
Would you agree with that, Dr. Pritchard? How, like, how do you tell your patients to do that if they're going to have a dessert after a meal? Where should they be eating those berries or even that piece of cake? Yeah, absolutely at the end of the meal, for sure, because that's going to um, flatten the curve a little bit more. It's going to keep you from spiking as much. Think about people that um, maybe the first thing they have of the day or while they're fixing their their meal, they have a um, carbonated beverage like a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi or a Dr. Pepper. There are some people that live on those all day long, even if it's like a Gatorade that's got sugar in it, but you think it's healthier than a Coca-Cola. That's just going to send your blood sugar like spike. And the same as like we spoke earlier, you don't want to just have a candy bar in the middle of the day. You don't want to wait and have your pie in the middle of the afternoon. Go ahead and have it. Have right after your meal while you've already got some fat, fiber, and protein on board. So order of our meal is really important. I just want you to say like this glucose hacks, please go check them out because this is one that just hit me. I think I'm eating healthy. Should I eat my potato and then like my meat? And she clearly shows eating your potato first and then the meat totally goes up to like almost 120. Then she mixes them together and eats it and she stays under a hundred and then she eats her meat first and then the potato and she barely is like at 90. I mean, such a simple thing about eating order, uh, eating our food. And that's something that I feel like we could instill in ourselves. We could instill in our children to create some healthy habits of And she even talks just a couple bites. So like I said, you know, I'm really talking about with my children, you're going to eat five bites of that broccoli first. Like there's a reason why, you know, then you're going to move on. Let's have a couple bites of that meat, right? So then where we go. And so just looking at that, the other big hack that we haven't talked about is one of my favorites and we've been all doing it is apple cider vinegar or vinegar. What is that hack all about, Dr. Pritchard? And I know we're running long here, but I have to get this in because I actually think this is simple. Most people have it in the refrigerator sitting in the back. Maybe they haven't used it in a while. Check the expiration date, but how can we use this as a biohack? Yes. So it really can be white vinegar. It can be apple cider vinegar. You have to be really careful though. It really can't be like a vinegar dressing that has sugar in it. It's not usually a balsamic vinegar. You want a pure vinegar of some type. And there are some companies that make some great ones, believe it or not, but that's a topic for another day. Apple cider vinegar or white vinegar that you probably have at home, just take a small shot of it, or you can put it in two, four, six, eight ounces of water and drink it as a drink. Now that may sound really gross and some people don't like vinegar. I really wasn't a big fan. I like it on my salad. I like it in things. And I thought I'm actually going to shoot this or I'm going to drink it. And after a while, I've gotten to where I really do look forward to it. As crazy as that sounds, I do like it. And it does, you do notice how much better you feel after your meal. There's something magical about having that vinegar before you eat. I'm like, you. I I like vinegar. You know, I've always liked vinegar, but to just drink it, it can kill you if you take too strong of a shot. Um, But you have to find that, I think, uh, combination of about a tablespoon, right, to however many, however much you want to dilute it. And I found a tablespoon to maybe about three ounces of water is pretty easy for me. So with traveling lately, I've had to uh, get out my old uh, 
flask where you used to go to the football game with your flask. I put my vinegar in my flask so I can do my vinegar a little bit before my meal, even, even when you're eating out. So these are wonderful tips that, you know, we've learned that we um, would love for our listeners to, you know, get on board. First of all, get tested to get the right test to see if you do have an insulin resistant problem or you're headed toward diabetes and then learn what to do for your body with using that monitor. So important, Patty, because that's the thing. We could eat the exact same things and have these glucose monitors on and your body could like it and my body could not. And I think that is the power of a continuous glucose monitor is really learning what your body responds to, what your body likes and have fun trying these hacks. You know, like you said, whether you do a shot of vinegar or you're just sitting at a restaurant and you ask for vinegar at your table to sprinkle it on a little bit on your salad or a little bit on your vegetable you know, and take those couple bites. These are those easy, simple things that we want to give our listeners. So you're, you know, asking, why would I wear a glucose monitor? I'm going to say, because it could drastically change your life. Um, really, people who want to biohack and find out how their body responds to me, that's a number one reason why. Dr. Pritchard, what is it doing for you as a doctor to help your patients? What's the other, give us a reason why, and then Patty, and we'll wrap it up here with what we're talking about today. Yeah. So I would say um, in the last year or so that we've been using them, it's dramatically improved and changed my practice and most importantly changed and improved my patients' lives because we know this is one of the top root causes for heart attack, stroke, diabetes, dementia, a whole host of chronic diseases, hospitalizations, and procedures that could be in our future that we can totally avoid by looking at insulin in this insulin and glucose and what I call insulin and glucose communication in this way. And not only has it uh, changed my ability to really make real-time change in my patient's health and life on a daily basis, um, what's been more interesting and more important to me is the feedback that I get from patients that say, that has been so insightful for me. And as you just alluded to, Laura and Patty, it's impacted their families because then they start to share with their children to let's go for a walk after we eat or some of these hacks that we've talked about. So having that data in your home, on your arm, on your phone, real time has been so powerful and so helpful. Of course, we marry that up with some of the wearable device data that we get from the oral ring or the BioStrap, which we've talked about on other podcasts, and I'm sure we'll continue to talk about because it's that real-time data that truly is rewriting the future for our patients with uh, actionable items that they can see and monitor themselves once they know some of these tools. And I'm just so excited because I know that at the Heart Attack and Stroke Prevention Center, so many of our patients are diabetic or insulin resistant and don't know it. And that's huge. We know that, you know, insulin resistance and diabetes is such a huge driver of inflammation that causes heart disease and every other disease that we're fighting, much less the tender part in our hearts for all of our children who are coming up with liver disease and then, you know, fatty liver disease and things like that at, at early ages that we're just like, can we save our children? Can we learn to do these things differently so that our children don't wind up dying before we do? So 
um, you know, I'm excited that there are ways to know that don't just trust the standard of care as far as, oh, you're okay. Like they told me for years, you're okay at hundred fasting blood sugar. That was not okay, but I was told that for over 20 years. And then I, you know, now I'm fighting insulin resistance really bad. And I'm, but, but it's so wonderful to have these tools and have these doctors that will help you, uh, will help you really get on the path of, of, of better, better health. And so we're having this healthcare revolution. We're trying to push this through to, to get changes in, um, and we're, that's, that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. What I just want to add is we're talking about these great hacks. I think I want to just reiterate that you can reduce like your glucose impact almost by 75%. If you follow the glucose goddess, she will tell you, you know, eat your vegetable first, then your protein, then your starch, then your sugar. And I'm going to add that sugar. We're talking about fruit here, not just the chocolate cake and cookies. So learn how to eat your chocolate cake and cookies, but learn how to eat that fruit that is last in your meal. But this peptide can be that catalyst. Like you're talking about Dr. Pritchard. I call it the cheat code because what you said, if my cells are behaving badly, I have this glucose monitor on and I see, oh my gosh, I'm not having rolling hills. I'm not staying under a hundred you know, I'm really struggling. Our body is, like you said, trying to work, but I'm going to say they're behaving badly. <laughs> they're not working for me. This could be the catalyst to what I say to kind of reverse that. Or I say, get on the right pathway. That's really what it is. It's like, Hey, I got off the bat, you know, the beaten path. I need to get back on and now get straight away where my cells can get reprogrammed and start acting what I say down the right pathway while I'm then using these hacks to really then keep reprogramming and keep that healthy lifestyle going. So I want to say that is one of the best ways to be able to use that kind of putting all of this together and then doing that glucose monitor again, you know, they last for about 14 days. So it's like seeing what's going wrong, making some of those adjustments or doing things, not only these great hacks we talked about today, but even maybe uh, talking to your doctor or getting on a peptide to restructure that, get down the right pathway, and then, hey, get a glucose back on to see, is it making a difference? Is this working for me? Maybe I need some other tweaks. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast with us. It's one of my favorite. I know we're going to be talking about metabolic health over and over because it's such really a huge part of anti-aging, anti-inflammation, everything that we talk about. Um, to be cellular healthy. And so to really live this vibrant life with optimal health. And so I hope you will continue to listen to us. Please subscribe to us on Apple podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. So you don't miss any episodes, follow us on social media. You can find us at ask why medicine on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for joining us. And in the meantime, continue to ask why.